This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Into Me See. A place where we learn about deep connection. With yourself, those close to you, and, and with, with God. God. In our program, Into Me See, we deal with reality, restoration, and redemption in the face of addiction. We uncover intimacy as seeing into me and the role it plays in healthy relationships. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. In this program, we explore what intimacy means and how to work towards it. And by the way, sex is only a part of intimacy. Yes, there is so much more to intimacy than just that. Yeah, we have learned to journey away from disconnect to greater intimacy during our 38 years of marriage. I'm Frederick Wools. And I'm Suki Wools. We are both licensed counsellors and looking forward to embark with you on a journey towards greater intimacy. We'll continue to explore what intimacy means and look at the crucial role it plays for the development of healthy, authentic and thriving relationships. Yes, especially in these times when there are multiple distractions such as our phones and social media that so easily rob us of intimacy with God, with other human beings and with ourselves. Last week we had the privilege to speak to Mac and, Mac and Adin about their story uh, from brokenness into healing and greater intimacy. Today we're going to speak to Noel and Jean. When we listen to your story, it reminds us of Philippians 2 verse 12 that says, Continue to work out your salvation. That is, cultivate it, bring it to full effect, actively pursue spiritual maturity with awe-inspired fear and trembling, using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. Nolan Jean? You have a story of addiction to alcohol while you were serving the Lord as missionaries in the Philippines. We thank the Lord that you are able to share how he made you willing and able to work out your salvation and sanctification away from addiction and for you to be willing to share this story with us. Very welcome, Noel and Jean. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Frederick and Sophie. Yeah, so most of the programs up to now We've been talking about what impact process addiction, such as sex or porn, have on the, in, the relationships and the level of intimacy couples experience. Today, we're going to hear how substance dependence impacts relationships and intimacy. But before we go into that, Noel, when did you come into relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah, Frederick, uh, um, the, the Lord rescued me from five years of drug and alcohol abuse mm. at the age of 18 when I attended a youth meeting at the Shepherd Street Baptist Church in uh, District 6 in 1973. And in one night, my, my life was uh, completely changed. Mm. The smoking, uh, the drugs and the alcohol left in one night. Sure. So was that something that left you permanently? But what was the focus of that event? It was coming to know the Lord as your Lord and Savior. Yeah, it was a it was a week, uh, a youth week, uh, where the main theme was God's love. Mm. 
And uh, by that time, at age 18, I had already become uh, disillusioned and dissatisfied with my life. Mm. And my sister invited me to come along to these meetings. And after uh, three nights, I, uh, you know, felt that I needed to commit my life to the Lord Jesus. And and that happened, yeah, on the, the 17th of August in 1973. And as I say, my life was completely turned around. Yeah. And um, mm. you know, that, that led me into a new life. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Jean, in our connections with each other, I know and experience that you have a relationship with Jesus. When did that start for you? Yeah, for me, it started as a little girl, actually, but I only made a commitment to Jesus when I was about 14 or 15. I think that was 1971 or 72. Yeah. Okay, and um, thank you very much, Jean. And um, no, in our conversations, you you mentioned that you were missionaries, as we said just now. How did that come about, that you became missionaries? Right, yeah. At the same youth group that we belonged to, uh, and this youth group was really, you know, on fire for the Lord, and we were very involved in the surrounding communities of Woodstock and Salt River and just the whole of District 6. That still remained at that time. And uh, so we were were sharing the gospel with anyone and everyone that we could come across. Mm. And then we had a a youth uh, missions uh, weekend where we invited uh, missionaries to come and share their stories or their mission representatives. And at the end of that weekend, we were confronted with a a message that asked us to consider giving our lives uh, to full-time missionary service. Mm. And we made that decision that night, and that decision eventually led us uh, to the Philippines. Oh, wow. And Jean, what was your experience of going into the mission field? How did, I guess that's the same story for you, pretty much. Um, I was wondering, uh, Jean, when eventually you did get into the mission field, what was your experiences in the mission field? Well, oh, my experience was really great because I always had a desire to be a missionary. I think I was about five when I started telling my dad that one day I was going to be a missionary mm. and I prayed for the right partner. And when God brought Noel into my life, it, it was, yeah, it was clear that God's hand was on us. And mm. so I really enjoyed being a missionary. Mm, wow. Yeah, we were in the Philippines for 25 years. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, so, so like many other missionaries, um, and I don't know if this was your experience, but it was very much ours. We were experiencing high stress levels as we entered into the mission field with the cross-cultural uh, experiences and the language. And uh, so, what did they reveal? Were there some struggles that were revealed in in your lives? Uh, I'll take that one, uh, Frederick. You know, in the first. Um the first five years of our missionary experience, Gene mm. and I uh, were we were we were pretty young. You know, we left when we were uh, I was twenty seven and Gene was twenty four, I think. And we were we didn't have any kids, so life was one really big adventure for us. Mm-hmm. We were very excited. We threw ourselves into language and culture acquisition. And really, we didn't think of it as being stressful at that time. Mm. Uh, the stresses only came like into our 10th year already, maybe, um, as missionaries, when I had uh, greater leadership responsibilities. I was the strategic coordinator for about four missionary teams. 
uh, each with their own leaders. And, um, yeah, it was in that context then that uh, that the stresses uh, were revealed as I was doing a, a extensive travel in the, in the whole of uh, the Philippines and of East Asia uh, and spending um, lots of time away from home. Mm-hmm. And these struggles, uh, did it reveal any other struggles in your life? Um, or addictive tendencies. Or addictive tendencies. You know, my... Um, my desire or my 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 feeling uh, the need to have a drink was usually after a a week of meetings you know where there were debates and discussions about the best strategies and and there were differences of opinion and when it was finally over uh, then you know i would feel the need to to relax and unwind with an alcoholic beverage but then it wasn't just one. It, it started to become two, and eventually it was a six-pack, yeah. and eventually it was mm. more than that. And then, you know, after that, it just uh, it just got out of control. Yeah, and sure. I guess it's also gradual, hey, that that it's not even sometimes easy to realize what's happening. So, Gene, what happened in this process when you saw that things were getting out of hand? How did you experience that yeah. that struggle? Well, you know, when when the alcohol addiction got out of control, I confronted Noel, who denied that there was a problem. I then spoke to one of my closest um, missionary friends, and she said I was overreacting. And um, finally, I went to our director, and I said, um, you know, I think Noel's having a real problem. And he then came and had a talk with Noel. Mm. I can so identify with that, Gene, because, you know, when we were in the mission field, Frederick also, when his addiction got worse, it's a huge dilemma, especially as a missionary, um, to to acknowledge this and to confront it because you try to pray it away and to do everything you can. And because the price to pay to be there is so big to suddenly, you know, to tell people that might end everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think it's a very common thing for people in ministry that are struggling with addictive tendencies and behavior not to want to tell and to keep waiting to see whether you can't pray it away mm-hmm. because yeah. we expect that God is just going to take it, but it doesn't work that way, right? Yeah, So and, and it really seems like it's something that you don't want and that you want to stop. And it, it sounds a lot like Paul, doesn't it, that says in Romans seven eighteen. Um, I know that nothing good lives in me and uh, that my life is uh, from my sinful nature. Um, For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. He did not deny, however, that he had a struggle and uh, that was uh, wanting to do good. So, Noel, at what point did you realize or acknowledge that you had a problem now? At that point, yeah, Frederick. You know, there was a there was there was one particular time that we were involved in a um, a workshop to prepare us for for coming back to South Africa to to talk about you know for our year of home assignment mm. and uh, and I had just come from um, uh, you know a, a wide uh, area of, of travel. And I was pretty exhausted and then went into this workshop. And at the end of the workshop, when it finished, we were traveling on our way back to, to Manila, the big city, mm. and I, I blacked out. Oh. I, I collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, and at that time, I, you know, I, I realized that, you know, that something that something was seriously wrong. Mm-hmm. However, I was not willing to accept. I, I was just, uh, I just told everybody, I'm, I'm tired. And then somebody suggested I must be depressed, and I, I, I just agreed with them and said, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. And so they sent me for counseling. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the counsel, I spoke to the Christian counselor, but I never really acknowledged that I had a problem with alcohol. Sounds a lot like denial, doesn't it? So when Absolutely. did you? So when did you realize? Only when we were only many years later, when we were were back here in South Africa, and uh, back here actually here in Amanas, when my superiors, um, you know, discovered me under the influence one day in the in the process of purchasing a vehicle. Um, and then the person discovered that I was under the influence and reported me to one of my senior supervisors. Mm. And then I was confronted and I was, um, yeah, to be honest, I didn't really, I knew I had a problem, but I wasn't willing to, to, to accept any mm. help That's until I was just told I was going to have to get help That's and I was going to be sent for help. That's very, very common. Um, I think often... With many addictions, there needs to be some kind of crisis that helps the person to know and to admit that there is an addiction. Let's, let's take time for a short break. Uh, we're going to listen to some music and we'll be back with you soon. Hey, thank you very much. Welcome back, everybody. Um, now, we are seeing that the struggle impacts people individually and as a couple on a physical, emotional and spiritual level. On what level did it impact you most, Noel? Well, I already told you that, uh, you know, I I uh, suffered a, a physical burnout mm. um, as a result of, uh, you know, my uh, my running, you know, my, my just being unwilling to, to really accept that I had a problem and I felt I could really function. I, I was doing okay. Mm. And, um, and then the other way it really, you know, affected me was... Um, I uh, I began to realize that that I was wanting to uh, I, that I was unwilling to accept that I had a problem, and and that meant I had to hide it. So I I decided to um, to restructure my uh, my schedules so that I could uh, have less of a, a upfront public uh, image, and I worked more with people behind the scene. Mm. Um, so 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 it. It, it impacted me spiritually because it really it, it really took the wind out of my sails. Mm. I, I knew that I was not really where I should be spiritually, and so I I basically uh, held back on 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 doing what I what what I really used to do very well before. Yeah, so it it seems to me that your even work um, was affected by this, and Jean. How did you experience it affecting you? Uh, I mean, you didn't have the drinking problem, but you were involved. Yeah. Thanks, Frederick. It, it really impacted my health. I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis mm. and then later asthma. And I also had severe stomach problems. I was convinced I had a stomach um, ulcer. Later, I found out what it really was. It was all the stress uh, building up. That, that caused me to have health issues. Yeah, that just reminds me we are body, soul, and spirit. And often if we have struggles on one level, it affects us on the other level. And 
I wonder how many of the physical problems that people struggle with on a daily basis actually have emotion, have an emotional root. I think a lot more than what we suspect. Um, yeah. It also sounds like like this really were like chains around you that stunt your ministry and your growth. How do you relate to that? Yeah, you know, um, I I really did um, did feel that I, that that my um, my effectiveness as a leader uh, was being uh, curtailed. I um, I really, you know, had to come up with with um, with excuses and 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 ways of explaining my my um, not showing up for meetings. Or my not uh, keeping to my schedules, um, if, you know. Really, at the at the end of the day, I just I just felt that I was uh, I, I I needed to change uh, um, my my entire uh, strategy, but I but I wasn't really able to do it. Uh, I was at least able to 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 back down from certain responsibilities and and work more inside an office instead of. Uh, interacting with people uh, on a daily basis. You know? yeah. yeah, so it seems that there was a definite impact on all around your, in your relationships and seeing how Jean was responding and hurting, what were your own efforts to try and solve this problem and did they really work? Yeah, you, you know, really, I, I to, to tell you the truth, I, I just felt Jean's problems were of her own making. I, I didn't think I had anything to do with it. I just used to say to her, look, I mean, you, you just, I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm the guy who's doing this and I'm the guy who's doing that. I'm the one who's writing to our partners. I'm doing the communications. I'm, you know, I'm functioning fully over here. I don't see what your problem is. You just need to, you know, jack yourself up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, 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 uh, you know, Get yourself in with it, you know. Mm, I didn't really realize I was hurting her. That's yeah. often the way it is. And now I can imagine that you may have been experiencing some inner conflict while having the addiction and trying to live out your faith as a Christ follower and missionary. How true is that for you? Yeah, you know, I to tell it to you know by that stage I was already beginning to doubt my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I was performing on the outside. I was, I was, uh, you know, I, I was. Uh, I enjoyed public speaking. Uh, people always, you know, heap praises on me for for my language abilities and my, uh, you know, I was a sort of to speaker in, in. And I, um, but but deep within me, I was feeling that I was going, I was going further and further away from God. And in fact, I was. I was beginning to think about the scriptures that talk about where Paul talks about you know uh, being you know having having won many to the Lord mm. and seeing many churches planted at the end you know I, I you know found himself uh, sort of coming up short. Mm. Uh, I really began to feel cut off from God in my relationship. I was going through the motions uh, and performing the functions. But there was no real uh, relationship with mm. the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, we can really see that, and uh, and obviously that also stole a lot of your intimacy with uh, with your dear wife Jean. 
You know, so in Acts 3.19, it says, Therefore, repent and turn back, so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So, Noel, what brought you to that point that you felt you need to turn? Yeah, you know, uh, when I was told that I was going to have to go to a rehab, mm. um, Jean and I were fortunate to have a uh, two weeks of holiday in uh, along the Nisna Lagoon at the Belvedere Estate. And mm. uh, this was uh, two weeks or three weeks prior to me being admitted to a treatment center. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a very somber holiday. It was not a, a, a fun-filled holiday. But during that time, I was walking all over Neisner. I was taking pictures of all the historical buildings and churches and in the area. And then one day I found myself on the banks of the Neisner Lagoon uh, next to a little um, uh, Anglican chapel, a really cute, quaint Anglican chapel. Uh, but what really impacted me was there was a massive cross planted in front of this Anglican chapel. And I was drawn to this cross like a magnet. I couldn't get away from it. Uh, I tried to find other ways to get back to uh, a place where we were staying, but I couldn't. I had to come back past this church every time. And then this cross drew me like a magnet. I, I, I heard uh, what I believed was the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying to me, go and kneel at the cross mm. and go and lay hold of the cross. And I, I did that with, uh, with a lot of uh, fear and trepidation, looking around me to make sure nobody was going <laughs> to see me. But I did it. I held on to the cross, and, uh, and I don't know how long I was there, but I heard familiar songs like the old rugged cross and songs that were very meaningful to me in my early years mm. as a Christian. But when I got up from that, from kneeling there after I don't know how many minutes, I knew I was that God had done for me what I could not do for myself. Mm-hmm. Relieved me of my my alcoholism, mm. but that still meant I it didn't take away the fact that I had to go to rehab. Mm. But that is where I believe on the eighth of uh, on the twelfth um, of September two thousand fourteen, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, God did for me what I could not do for myself. Mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's so wonderful to hear, to hear, to listen to the intervention of the Lord in such a powerful way. And then, Jean, you probably prayed a lot for him. So what was your response when this happened? Yeah, well, my, you know, um, I agreed that, that I couldn't, you know, I, I realized at that stage that there was nothing that I could really do for no that it was only a work of God that could um, change, you know, that whole um, struggle that Noel was going through. So, yeah, it was it was a, a wake-up call for me also to realize that I, um, I needed help myself and that my struggle was not alcohol, but that my struggle was anger and resentment towards mm-hmm. me and that I had become extremely codependent and... Mm-hmm. So that was my journey towards wholeness. I'm so grateful that you're saying this because it's not easy for the other partner to also to realize that there might be some contribution from their side as well. It's always so easy to just look at the addict. 
So listeners, next week we're going to talk more about it. We unfortunately don't have time to today today to do that. But next week they're going to tell us about the rest of their story. How Father helped them from this point on. And you do want to invite your friends to listen to this because they're going to share some very practical steps um, that were part of the recovery journey and the restoration journey. Yeah, thank you very much for tuning in, listeners. And uh, once again, we're going to remind you that if you have any questions or uh, comments or uh, things that you would like to hear on the radio, please contact us and uh, tell us your story, your challenges, your victories. We'd love to hear from you. And reminder, the email address is fredericksuki at kpulpit.co.za. And if you missed the program, remember, you can look at it and listen to it on the podcast. Bye-bye, Noel and Jean. We'll talk to you again next week. And see you next week, listeners. Then we will listen to the rest of their story. Bye. Thanks, Frederick. Okay. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.